Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! Oh my God, it's noon on Monday January 10th, not to be confused with, well, when we do this on June 10th, um, and this is news that you can use from YAA with your uh, your dear friends, Ray and Zach. How are you there, uh, my hairy son? <laughs> I'm doing well, Pops. Yeah, I'm, a little, I'm due for maybe a haircut of shape, but that's okay. I am doing well, and I think we've got really exciting news for this morning. Before we do, though, Pops, I just want to give Rico a quick shout out. Good morning, Rain Zach. Sorry, I can't be there. I just got off a 12-hour shift, or as your Pops likes to say, I worked a half day. Yes, you did. I feel sorry for you, but that was every day for me. I remember in the mornings, you'd wake up, you'd be like, all right, going to work a half day. And then it took like the third time of you saying that before I realized that meant a 12-hour day. (laughs) Yeah. We've got um, uh, P. Degman here with us, Bedford, Jimmy, Space, Steve, Jordan, Mpeg, Neil, B. Posner. It's good to have everyone, Hogtown Biker here is with us. Yada Lauda, Yaldalda as well. Pops, let's kick things off with the breaking news of the morning, which is the chip shortage update, right? Chip shortage update. Chip shortage update. The 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 bubble might be burst. It might be. You hear that? Yeah, that was that was a pretty weak bubble burst. It bursted three times. I've heard that before. Let's continue though. So if I come back to, if I pull up the the joinya.com slash guides, we have the chip shortage data. We update this. The first time we published it was February 10th, so nearly a year ago. We update this once per week. We have the latest data. You can actually come here and see the updates. So the first time it was published was February 10th. You want to see what we were talking about back on March 3rd? Great. You can. Down here, okay? I'm going to scroll all the way back up. There's so much data on this page. Some might even say too much data. We now have a newsletter that you can sign up for. So if you want to get the updates there, sign up for it right there or it's over here. But Pops. Yes. This is the data from Auto Forecast Solutions. Maybe we should level set and just say 10.2 million. That was the total loss last year. Yes. This year, what are we looking at? Uh, The projection is... Um, a miniature 767,700 um, projected loss for the year. And you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, that's nine. They're going to be able to produce nine and a half million more vehicles than they did last year. No. <laughs> so I guess provide some context to that comment. Like the first time Auto Forecast Solutions came out with their 2021 projection, it was maybe like half a million, if I remember correctly. Yes. That we're going to be lost. And we ended the year at 10.2 million. Yes. Um, so is your rationale you're thinking is they're saying, okay, this year is going to be 767,000. It's just going to go up and up and up. Uh, that would be my rationale. Yes, that would be my thinking. Uh, do I think it's going to be uh, 20 times um, like it was last year from, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. I don't think it'll be quite that high, but if it's 10 X, um, you know, that'll be seven and a half million vehicles that could be lost to production, which 
uh, Boston Consulting Group in their deep dive into the chip shortage and how it's impacted production, um, their projection for 2022 is that the chip shortage uh, will result in a loss of production of somewhere between seven and eight million vehicles this year. Um, so that that's why I'm guessing that that this week's numbers is, uh, you know, you can 10 exit and we'll be right where Boston Consulting Group suggests will probably be. It is worth mentioning, though, Dad. So in the first 10 days of the year, uh, we saw 9,800 vehicles taken out of production here in North America. And globally, that number was 47,300. I'm going to pull it back up on the screen here, though, so we can look at the fourth quarter of last year and some of the third quarter as well. This was the chart that we were updating weekly last year, which was the total number of projected vehicles lost and Uh from the prior week. And if you look at the month of December, you know, the, the total number of vehicles lost globally was only like 20,000 vehicles, 25,000 yes. vehicles. So, and then, you know, this first week of January, we're seeing 48,000. That's like not that bad. We had seen weeks where the projections were going up by quarters, quarter oh, of a million. There, there plus was years. one, one week where it was over a half a million. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, there you go. 576,000. So like, there's definitely a slightly different story being told now than there was back in September and October. I mean, it is, things are definitely getting better. Are they getting better to the, to the point where they're going to decrease by 90% year over year? I think that's where the questions remain. No. And, and I, and, and I don't think, um, I don't think, well, and then, and then, you know, there's, there are other issues that will in actually impact the production of vehicles above and beyond um, chips and the chip shortage. Um, There's a labor shortage. There's other supply chain issues. Um, uh, there's still the COVID issue um, that that can impact um, how productive plants can be. Because if you don't have uh, enough workers yeah. to run two shifts or three shifts, well, then that's going to slow down production. So the loss of production uh, will be impacted by many more things than just the chip shortage, um, uh, even with the chip shortage improving dramatically. And there's also the parallel story, which is the chip shortage is not the car shortage. Uh, one influences the other, right? Like the yes. chip shortage influences the car shortage. But we were just talking about this earlier, you and I were. I mean, the, mo- the amount of uh, new cars that are already spoken for and I'd be curious if anyone in the community has an answer to this. Like, what percentage of cars, or how many months worth of cars are already pre-sold? Is it one month's worth of inventories pre-sold? Is it six months of inventories pre-sold? Is it a year's worth of inventories pre-sold? Because right now, if you go to try and buy a new car, you're not. You're going to be buying one that's going to come on a ship sometime later on this year. Um, you know, if I were to guess, um, and and since I know that most manufacturers work on a, a 90-day allocation system. Uh, the dealers know uh, what's allocated over the next 90 days. Um, and they can, and they, the smart dealers, um, they start pre-selling all those vehicles. I mean, you know, that was one of the wonderful things we did in the mini stores. Well, we pre-sold most of the stuff that was coming in. So we had a pretty good idea as to what our sales were going to be every month because we knew what percentage of our inventory was already pre-sold. So I would suspect that in most cases, it's at least pre-sold for three months and, and more than likely longer than that, because 
um, if if say ninety to ninety five percent of what's being produced by all the manufacturers is already spoken for, well, that leaves very few cars to actually be sitting on lots uh, available to people who are just thinking about you know on a on a Saturday morning going, hey, honey, why why don't we go buy a new car? Yeah. Um, you know, th that's a thought that you would have had to have had three months ago. Um, so the, the amount of available inventory that will actually be on the ground at any given point probably uh, this coming year won't be all that much compared to what it's been in the past. Definitely. And that's why it's the parallel story. Even as we have, like, let's say the next couple of weeks, we're still able to provide good chip shortage update mm -hmm. updates, which between the two, like, we'd love that. We want that. Absolutely. There's, there's still going to be the car shortage. And that, yes. I think that probably trails it by at least three months, if not four or five, maybe even six. Um, not to mention the lasting ramifications of this experience and like what dealer practices continue to exist. Yes. Yes. Speaking of dealer practices, Pops, I thought we would switch gears here. That's the chip shortage update. Check out the website, sign up for the newsletter, the chip shortage. We'll keep track of it. Let's switch gears to Ford. Does that sound good to you? Ford found on road dead fix or repair daily yeah no i love talking about ford i want to share with you this memo that was posted to the internet and let's read it together how's that sound well how about you read it and i'll listen along with everybody else this is from january 7th so just the other day to all friday people. last friday damn you are spot on you are good man we, we are a good pair uh, sometimes <laughs> to all four dealers for the new sales department. There's two pieces to this. Let's break yes. both down. We're actually going to start with the one at the bottom here. We're going to come back to the top. No sale provision in order to prevent the resale of 2022 model year Ford F-150 lightnings. Ford is offering support for a no sale provision to be signed by the customer at the time of purchase. Dealers may add this language to existing closing forms or create a new standalone document. The language reads purchaser hereby agrees that it will not sell offer to sell or otherwise transfer any ownership interest in the vehicle prior to the first anniversary of the date hereof. Purchaser further agrees that seller may seek injunctive relief to prevent the transfer of title of the vehicle or demand payment from purchaser of all, via, all value received as consideration for the sale or transfer. Dealers should consult with their legal counsel to address any state-specific requirements. Pops, let's break this piece of the memo down first. You first, you first. I'm just, yeah, you first. Well, I mean, what's the breakdown? Ford, Ford... This is this is one of the most anti anti consumer um, pieces that has ever come out from Ford. This is not a limited edition vehicle. This is not a Ford GT where where maybe they make five hundred in a year. This is uh, uh, an F one fifty Lightning. Okay, that they already have two hundred thousand reservations for. Um, that they're they're planning on doubling or even more, their production of the vehicle. They're figuring out ways to do it. So this, in a worst-case scenario, this this will be a product that will be produced in the fifty to 100,000 vehicle range. And you want to say to the people that buy it, you may own it, but you don't control the outcome of it for the first year. Whether you want to sell it, trade it, or do whatever you want with it, you can't. Well, I don't know of anything more anti-consumer than that. You've paid good money 
they've taken they they have reassigned the their statement of ownership the title of the vehicle and reassigned it and put it in your name they no longer have a say about the outcome of that vehicle except they get you to sign this proposed addendum to a sales agreement uh if i was a consumer uh, I, I would vote with my wallet and tell them, I hope you choke to death on all your Ford Lightnings. You know, uh, it, it's just if if there are people out there that want to spend whatever it's going to take to get a Lightning, and God knows the pricing is from like 41000 to just under $100,000, okay? If they want to spend that kind of money and they can turn around and sell it to somebody else and they can reap a profit for doing that, why is it Ford's business to say no? Who who, who are they? Why I mean, why do they get to say, nah, 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 you can't do that. I wouldn't sign that. I wouldn't sign that uh, form for anything. Igor here in the chat. I smell lawsuits all over the place over this policy. If, for example, I go bankrupt or lose my job and can't afford the car, that means I can't sell it. Lawsuits are coming like there's no tomorrow. I agree. I think that this is all sorts of pieces, especially how they, they put the language in there and then to like, you know, talk to your own legal counsel. Yeah. I wonder how much weight there actually is behind this. Like a lot of people will be intimidated by it. And a lot of people will sign of it. But I wonder how much weight there is to it. It is such BS. It's really, truly like the most anti-consumer thing. This is worse, in my opinion, than when Toyota came out with the subscription to remote start your car. Like this to me is worse than that. This sets a precedent that not only can we manufacture a product and sell it to you, but we can also then dictate to you the conditions with which you can own that product. In what other field does that a thing? I, I, I can't think of any. It, it it would be like it would be like if I bought a sofa, okay, and 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 when I sat on the sofa in the store, it felt comfortable, okay, and 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 I bought it and it's delivered and it's put in my house and I and I sit on the sofa and the first day it's it's comfortable, the second day I don't know my back starts hurting a little bit, the third day I get numbness in my right leg, okay, but the sofa people said. You're not allowed to do anything with that sofa other than sit on it. Okay. You can't <laughs> you can't sell it. You can't give it away. You can't do nothing with that sofa for the first year. Get out of here. Okay. And the same would apply to, to a truck. Okay. I, I don't care what Ford says. And really, are they going to have their team of lawyers running around the country looking for people who have put their vehicles up for sale so that so that they can then say, well, we're going to sue your ass? I don't think so. I really don't think so. It's more threatening sounding than anything, but it is totally anti-consumer, and it tells you everything you need to know about Ford Motor Company as to how they feel about you and their product that they're selling to you. They could I, care less about you. I think, though, Pops, to be honest, I think the other part of the memo is actually even better. I mean, in terms of how Ford feels about how yes. Ford feels about it. Um, all right, let's take a peek at that piece. I'm looking at the chat. There's a lot of comments going on in the chat, but let me read this out. Okay. It has come to our attention that a limited number of dealerships are interacting with customers in a manner that is negatively impacting. May, may I say something real quick? That limited number is probably 95% of all the Ford dealerships. It ain't limited. Okay. 
<laughs> that is negatively impacting customer satisfaction and damaging to the Ford Motor Company brand and dealer body reputation. Examples of these negative interactions include demanding that customers who are already on the reservation list for the 22 model year Ford F-150 Lightning make additional deposits or payments. These actions are perceived as threatening customers by withholding their opportunity to convert reservations to orders. Listen to this. This behavior is not allowable under paragraph six of the sales and service agreement. Paragraph six, subsection I states that, quote, the dealer shall conduct dealership operations in a manner that will reflect favorably at all times on the reputation of the dealer, other company authorized dealers, the company, company products, and the trademarks and trade names used or claimed by the company or any of its subsidiaries. The dealer shall avoid in every way any, quote, bait, deceptive, misleading, confusing, or illegal advertising or business practices. If it is determined that your dealership is engaging in such practices, Ford Motor Company reserves the right to redirect the dealership allocation of the F-150 Lightning for the entirety of the 2022 model year. I read that. Yes. And like part of me laughed and then part of me got really sad. Like go on car gurus right now, Ford, and search for your Ford dealerships and look at the BS pricing that they're putting out there. Then then go into the dealership and request an out-the-door price and see that you can't even get the out-the-door price because you have to beat down the freaking door to get it and then see all the fees that are associated with it that weren't advertised on the website. Get the... get I, I This is the closest I've been to cursing on this show. Get the F out of here. That is the biggest pile of... Fr- wait, I've got an... Okay, wait a second. Let me... There's not a big enough bowl to make that much poop. Um, yeah, because they don't want it to reflect poorly on the company. Except, well, the company being Ford is saying, and and if as a consumer you buy it, you can't sell it. Uh, they're they are just so full of poop. Okay, it it the whole thing, it is just. And trust me, Zach, if they really wanted to enforce any of this, 95% of their dealers would be shut down because 95% of their dealers are in violation of paragraph six, subsection I, okay, um, and have been for years and years and years, and Ford turns a blind eye to it. So that if they actually try to... Bait deceptive, misleading, confusing, or illegal advertising or business practices. Dad, the freaking CFPB puts out an annual bulletin about how freaking challenging it is to buy a car and how confusing it is. Like if the freaking manufacturers actually cared for a second about you or me or any of the other people that totally get hosed on car deals every year, they could do something about it. They're not interested in doing anything about it. And trust me, Zach, if they try and enforce this on on a handful of dealers to send a message, I guarantee you Ford gets sued because of selective enforcement, okay? Because if I was the lawyer for the dealership that's being threatened, I would I would say, you know, what about the other 95% of your dealers that are lying, cheating, and stealing in their advertising in an effort to get people to come to their dealerships? You don't seem to care then. Why do you care now? And it, it holds no water. It's like it's a complete joke. It's it's a it's a total joke. This whole clause in their contract is a freaking joke. Well, I, I can tell you from years and years of experience in representing a number of major brands um, that manufacturers beat 
the dealers up to take care of the customers. Okay. You should always take care of customer satisfaction is, is of utmost importance. And, and when the manufacturers are giving the, given the opportunity to lead by example as to how we should take care of customers, uh, they typically drop the ball because they won't take care of the customer. Um, they pass on the opportunities to take care of the customers. And if they really wanted to take care of customers, then especially at Ford Motor Company, uh, uh, enforce paragraph six, subsection I, okay? And take care of the customers. Prove that you really care about the customers, but you won't because you don't. It's pretty simple. And every every OEM has this like language in their dealership agreements, of course. Absolutely. But it's not fair for us to to bash on Ford. However, I think it's getting this memo out there just like brings light to, to what's going on. And like, you know, but we could say the same thing for GM, we could say the same thing for Absolutely. Honda, we could say the same thing for Toyota. And it is selective listening. It honestly, Dad, when when I saw this and we had the our, our conversation before the show, it's like when you and mom would try and put me in timeout. Or like, tell me not to do something. It's selective listening. Like, I'll listen to you when I want to listen to you when I'm a preteen. That's Ford's a freaking preteen. Like, they're just like selectively enforcing their rules, and then they can't even enforce their rules. It is mind-boggling to me, and I think it's also why I'm fully starting to come full circle here. Ford will never be Tesla. GM will never be Tesla. They'll never be able to. They'll say value us like that. They'll never because they're beholden to their dealers. They totally are. They're 100% beholden to their dealer network, which has served them well for 100 years. I don't think it's the right met, the right model for the next 100 is the issue. Well, um, and, and if I may say you, at 26, you still employ selective listening. But that that's neither here or there. Uh, I, I agree with you. Most of the manufacturers, they, you know, it's it's. They're not really looking to change the 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 model all that much as to how no. cars are sold. They talk about it. They talk about it with their dealer body. They don't do anything about it. I was in the industry for forty three years. Forty three years. You know, the first twenty of those years, they didn't even care what the customers thought. Okay, it wasn't until sales and service satisfaction surveys started coming out that that they pretended to care. And that's all it is. They pretend to care. They don't care. I, I've just seen it way too many times when given the opportunity to do to do the right thing for a customer, and they pass. So, whatever. Uh, don't get me started on Ford or GM or or Toyota or Honda. They're all pretty much the same. Um, you know, hey, they, right, but, but they speak of out of both sides of their mouth. Because of that, you know what? They create the opportunity for YAA to exist. Yeah. Like there is legitimately, it's funny to think about this. That there is no need for YAA if everyone was like Tesla. Like, what value do we provide? Like, not yeah. that much, you know. But like, we provide a ton of value because like all the gamesmanship and challenges that go into buying, servicing, selling a car. Yep. Keep it up, Ford. We're here to we're here to help. We're here to bash. <laughs> we're here to bash, and we're here to back it up by actually helping. Yeah. All right. So let's switch gears to another topic, Pops, which is also ties in with the Lightning. All of the trucks, all the EV trucks, that is that was the headline actually today on Automotive News. You've got GMC, obviously, with the Hummer EV that's already on sale. You've got the yes. F-150 Lightning. Chevy announced the Silverado EV. A Ram EV pickup truck is coming down the pike. We also have, obviously, the Rivian that's already out there as well. 
EV trucks are very obviously the future. Is the infrastructure there? That's a whole nother conversation. But the trucks are there, man. That is clear. Yes. And 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 the best part to me of the article was about Stellantis mm-hmm. and why they're taking their time to say what they're going to have in their trucks. Because, well, they want to see what everybody else is doing so they can try and figure out some type of competitive advantage. Um and, and, and by doing what they're doing, they're going to be so late to the game yeah. uh, <laughs> that, that whatever competitive advantage they think they may have, they probably won't have. Um, you know, they, they talk about not having any convictions um, with what you want to do. Uh, they don't. They, they, there's, there's, there's no courage of their convictions. They're, they're saying point blank, we want to see what everybody else is doing, and then we want to figure out what we might need to do. They, they they don't know what they want to do, and that's what their problem is. Uh, but yeah, you look at at, at like these trucks. I, I mean, I was reading about the Silverado. There's a work truck that starts at like forty one thousand dollars, and then and then the next level truck, the next level up, you know, for for non work type stuff is one hundred and six grand. One hundred and six. Show me the money. Show me the money. You, you, you need to be shown the money because it's going to take so damn much money to buy one. You know, I like there's it's it's like it's like forty grand or one hundred six grand. There's no in between just yet. I mean, who who can afford these things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I the one thing I need in life is a hundred six thousand dollar pickup truck to get my ass around. Hey, man. You stay tuned because I might. Uh, if this thing works out, I'll I'll, I'll make sure that happens for oh, you. Please, yes, yeah. When Another we buy thing. when we buy a vehicle for YAA, let's let's buy an electric pickup truck that's one hundred and six grand. Another thing that I want to turn our attention to, Dad. Now that the uh, calendar year is closed, we have the sales leaders. Uh, from yes, here Toyota just buying away. Um, they grew their sales by ten percent year over year, over two million. Ford, 1.8 million vehicles sold down 6.5%. Chevy sales down 18%. And this, to be clear, actually, Toyota outsold all of GM uh, yes. for, for uh, the prior years. Well. And this is this, these numbers are great numbers because we can get into a little more detail um, by sections uh, of how they sold. But this, this is the overall, which was, which was pretty interesting. So you can see here for pickups. Yes. F-Series pickups again leading the way, but down nearly 8%. Ram pickups up a percent, which is crazy. You've got the second highest selling pickup truck, but you're coming out absolute last when it comes to the EV stuff. I, Whatever. Anyway. Because you have no courage of your convictions (laughs) because you have no convictions. (laughs) On the van front, the Toyota Sienna sales increased drastically there. Same with the Kia Sedona and the Kia Carnival. The Carnival's cool. Yes. Carnival's cool. Lots of pickup there. The Dodge Challenger, you know, we don't have too many more muscle cars years in front of us. Uh, however, the Challenger still beat out the Mustang there, barely. Yes. Camaro sales down over 26%. Tesla, obviously dominating in the EV space. Ford next, then GM after that. The large SUVs, the Tahoe, your big winner there, the Yukon after that. The Wagoneer on the list pops. That 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 thing can get expensive too. That's a hundred thousand dollar Jeep. Isn't what do you mean can can get? It is expensive. It's not can can get. Ex- it is totally is. Yeah, 
Civic sales up a little bit, Sentra sales up, Corolla sales. So when it comes to the compact cars, definitely. And 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 Civic outselling the Corolla is a pretty significant event. Yeah, yeah, it really, really is. Yes. And then Ford with their new nameplates, uh, the Bronco Sport, Bronco, the Maki, and the Maverick, all selling pretty well, all things considered, last year. Yeah, well, you know, they're yes the launches might not have gone quite as smoothly as they would have liked the recalls haven't you know how many of them are actually on the road is another question but the sale yeah. the sales have been it's like when i worked for a dodge store in the uh, in the 70s boy i, I was going to see my customers every week because they were getting a new recall every week it was it was it was just a great time to be in in the uh, dodge business interesting how kia and hyundai are up 19 and 20 percent respectively Chip well, they, you know, they, they, they have, they have hit on, on, um, trim levels and styling that, um, have caught people's eyes. Um, you know, and, and let's face it. I mean, Hyundai and Kia, okay. Are if, if, if imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, um, they they imitate the finest brands out there. They they are not ashamed to say, hey, we like the look of this on a Mercedes, so we're going to include it in our car. Or we like the look of this on a BMW, and we're going to include it in our car. Um, they have hit on a combination of trim levels and body styling um, that is just resonating with the public. And their pricing is is still more competitive for them uh, than the Asian and, and European brands and even some of the domestic brands. Space reminding us here, the Civic had a refresh this year. Big updates. That's partly why probably they outsold. And also we've got a question here from Anna Pops. I need, all caps need, so we understand, to buy a yes. new vehicle. Is it a must to purchase a hybrid or electric? Is it a must? Only if you deem it to be a must. Um you know, uh, this conversation in 10 years, probably different. Like, yes, know, yeah, but, probably at that point. But today, no, it's up to you. No. You know, it, 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 what you need to look at is how long you're planning on keeping it and what it is that you hope to get out of it. Um, the, the added cost of buying an electric vehicle today is uh, is is not saved in fuel for uh, a total of about 10 years. So and we're working on, we're working on Justin's working on it right now. I was just reading it the other day. We should probably have it up back on joinya.com pretty soon. Um, the cost to charge broken down by your different geographic location and the cost of energy in your area. We actually like, on, if it's on a level one, level two or level three, how much it's going to cost you to charge up every night. Mm -hmm. um, Justin worked on that. We'll have it up on the website relatively soon. So I'd say, you know, stand by for that as well. That'll help you think through the cost of ownership a little bit. Yes. yes. Oh, and damn it, dad. You know what? I just thought of something that I think would be a really good, really good. Can you vamp for a minute? Can I vamp for a minute? Uh, yeah. 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 You know, um, I, I was thinking, you know, <laughs> that if things don't go well with YAA, um, that 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 head of hair that you have could be worth millions in the toupee market. I'm just saying, um, you know, uh, Keep going. I, I believe I believe I, what I, need. I, I believe Rand Paul has curls like that on his toupee. Oh, God, I'm almost there. I'm almost okay. there. Well, I'm there. glad you're almost there. I'm I'm almost out of hairy things to talk about. All right. Okay. Oh, no, they took it down. Oh, oh that's a shame. What, what, what was it? There was a tweet. It was a really, really good tweet. It was a gentleman who um, he his mom was selling her three hundred thousand mile Toyota 
Camry or Corolla uh, to yeah. him, 200 bucks. Yeah. And, uh, and she had just like, you know, driven it. It was from like the nineties or whatever. And it was like a $20,000 car. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. He ended up asking the dealership where she got its service for the, for the service records. And they sent him like a giant box of the service. Yeah. Records. And it turns out the total amount of service done on the vehicle was over one and a half times the original value of the car. And so he was just making this case talking about how like in the United States, we don't really talk about the cost of ownership and how much maintenance, how expensive maintenance is. Because he also then calculated what the cost of fuel was for the 300,000 miles driven. And it was like trivial compared to the cost of maintenance. <laughs> um, and that car had no issues, you know, yeah. with routine maintenance and, and the uh, maintenance schedule. So I thought I'd pull that up for the really you got to be kidding me because that's another factor with this e with the EVs supposedly because they have less components there's thousands of moving components within a nice car within an ev it's like 20 30 40 supposedly there will be a lot of savings on the maintenance side and i think that that could be a really valid argument i'm not an expert on it that yes that's sure so i won't comment on it but i was going to pull that up but it looks like he took his tweet down it had tens of thousands of retweets because it was eye-opening for yeah. how expensive it can be to maintain your car you preach that i know you do yeah i mean people people just think of the price of the car they don't think of what it actually takes to maintain it to gas it to insure it um which is which is why people have no real understanding as to how expensive it is to have a car on an annualized basis part of the way that we can help is if you are going to buy one of those extended warranties don't overpay for that stuff go back get a quote from us at joinya.com um pops thank you for today's show this i think was really helpful really good we've got a team meeting in 30 minutes you ready for that um yes yes i am i i i can't wait i don't even have time for lunch now i'm sorry man i'm gonna go get a quick snack i think you should because you've already overpaid for it <laughs> <laughs> all right Bob's. i love you have a good rest of your day and i'll see you in 20 uh i'll see you soon thank you zach thanks guys see you yeah. bye bye everybody join us again next time which is probably tomorrow to get the news you can use from yaa YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.